I'm Lippy. And I'm Grumpy. Together, we're Lippy and Grumpy do podcasting. In this episode, Grumpy has a bit of a rant, and then a bit more, missing appointments, Die Hard 94, and do cars fit in garages. Now, Lippy, I said this week I was going to talk about cars. Mm. Because this isn't a car podcast. It's not a car podcast, otherwise I would not be on it. (laughs) I fear I will be this week. Oh, no. I can't promise it will be the last week. (laughs) Let's just make it short and sweet. That can be the new deal. I'll do my best, but I can't promise. (laughs) Anyway, you may remember even that uh, last week or the week before we talked about the new Renault electric vehicle. Mm-hmm. That looked quite a lot like the 1980s Renault 5 Turbo. Oh, yes. The one I said looked like a roadman car. That's the one. Mm. Now, Renault have released some details about it. And some of the things that make me slightly wary about electric cars uh, have been addressed. So they're claiming not to have toxic elements in the battery, Mm. which is a good thing. uh, Because some of the metals and minerals in the battery are very very rare and there's a few issues around the welfare of the workforce okay in in mind this stuff so that's a good thing that is a good thing and also they're determined to bring the price down to something sensible which for me has always been the barrier for and i can see that for a lot of people that you're spending considerably more on a car than you would and i've never bought a brand new car (laughs) buying second hand is a bit of a lottery in terms of the life of the battery Mm. so so this is this is all all good stuff i just hope they haven't done the same thing they did with the twizzy and the zoe where you have to rent the batteries so there's oh yeah and that was a killer because i'd love a twizzy i think they're brilliant just superb for whizzing around it but you don't want to be paying extra for the battery when it's part of your car well, I, I can understand the logic behind it because then they're taking the risk in terms of battery life and any faults with the battery. But you are paying for it at the end mm-hmm. of the day and a you know, tidy sum, enough to make you go, well, actually, that's half the amount I pay in petrol a month. Is that really worth it? Yeah. Um, if you take the last year where I've done virtually no miles at all. Yeah, you're not paid for a lot of petrol, but you will have still had to pay for the battery. Exactly. I look forward to seeing how that comes out Mm. in in due course, but that's all interesting. And particularly the move to non-toxic batteries is is brilliant. Yeah, that is good. And inevitably, we had an email from Davros who hadn't picked up that you were very rude about him last week so that's quite he good. hadn't i was quite relieved about that one <laughs> yes yes me too so he does have a an idea for the bird bath freezing or stopping it freezing mm. which is to put a table tennis ball in the bath um, but i'm not quite sure how that's going to work so he resorts to putting a bit of hot water in every morning he's going outside in the cold though doesn't it it does a bit or you welcome the birds inside but then that's pandemonium so <laughs> yeah. it's not going to end well to be honest and then goes to talk about uh, reading festival and a couple of trips he's had there and it seems to be that cider was not a good idea uh, slightly over imbibing it so um yeah that's that's quite a quite a sensible suggestion just don't overdo it basically because you'll suffer I mean, the next day mm. which reminds me of a trip uh, i did to le mans 
1999, I think it was. And we we sat and watched the first couple of hours of the race under a tree, which was all very pleasant. And then wandered <laughs> back for something to eat. And on our way back, we passed this fairly young gentleman who was uh, wearing shorts, only shorts, lying face down. His back was the same colour of a lobster. Oh, and no. next to him was the biggest pile of dumpy lager bottles I've ever oh, seen in my no. life. Presumably he saw nothing. I mean, if he actually came round after consuming a massive quantity of French lager, presumably the sunburn would have just knocked him for six. So. Imagine waking up in a tent with that kind of sunburn and a hangover like that. Well, I suspect he's probably more likely to wake up in the first aid tent. Yeah, um, true, actually. And we've had communication from both Orange Marshals this week. Orange Marshal 2 of the Black Pudding Sausage Roll fame. Uh, message received, good call. Oh, so, so we'll find out, hopefully, whether or not calling up and reserving some works. Yes, it'd be interesting if that's successful, mm-hmm. um, or whether somebody's phoned up in advance and bought all of them for the day. A.K.A. you. <laughs> <laughs> no. And Orange Marshal 1 has confessed to a, a slight appointment issue in the uh, not-so-distant past uh, with cinema tickets which he bought online, printed, and turned up to the cinema a day early. Oh, no. But he managed to... Well, after a bit of uh, toing and fro, because they sat down and then the people whose seats they actually were came along. So they managed so, to get actually into the cinema screen? Yes, absolutely. They're in there. And oh, they sat God. down and somebody's come along and said, they're our seats. And the cinema assumed that it had been double booked as so they moved them to some other seats. Oh, sneaky. Then, yeah, absolutely. And then when Orange Marshall <laughs> one gets home, looks at the tickets and goes, ah. Oh, no. You would feel so bad after that. Well, actually, it depends in what manner you addressed it. If you were polite about it and very much like, oh, it's fine, but we still want to see the film then. Yeah, it's the spare seats, that's fine. I did see mm. a similar altercation on a train once where somebody had got on the train half an hour earlier than they should have done if you see what i mean so they're on the oh i see they booked a a seat yeah absolutely and there was a a, quite a um quite a fraught discussion going on before the conductor turned up looked at the tickets and went you're on a train half an hour too early and uh, it was like oh no and you could feel the embarrassment in the carriage it was quite funny Mm. i've just had one of those literally 10 15 minutes ago Lady turned up to give blood and because um, at the moment you're only allowed to turn up about five, well, they ask for you to turn up five minutes before your appointment to do all your drinking and whatnot, all the things you have to do. Um, but obviously they don't want loads of people sat waiting. So they, if you turn up any earlier than five minutes, obviously depending how much earlier, they ask you to wait in your car or just wait outside until it's cleared out and then they can come in. And did she throw a tantrum? She came in and I had to ask a question anyway. So the lady, I was like listening. I was fully involved in the conversation happening. And um, and she said, oh, I can't find your name on the sheet. What time is your appointment? So the lady look, is like flicking through her papers and goes, it's at 20 past five. It turns over the next one and goes, oh, and then starts eye rolling, like to the point where I thought her eyes were about to fall out of her head. And goes, oh no, it's at 20 to 5. 
And the so the lady organising people was like, oh, okay, I'm really sorry, you're going to have to either wait in your car or come back later. It was only 10 past five at this point, so she was a full half hour early and just threw a tantrum, absolute tantrum, and was like, can't you just see me now? I need to get home, I need to go and pick the kids up. And the lady was like, well, you booked for 20 to six. <laughs> she was like, no, I can't see you earlier. All these other people have booked earlier and I can't like rush you through just because you're here early. <laughs> She uh, she stormed out. She was not impressed, but oh, that's, that's her own fault, really. Isn't it? it absolutely is. You know, if you don't pay attention when you're booking, mm. then and you think you've booked for ten past five, but you've actually booked for twenty to six, then just pay more attention. Yeah, basically. just be like, oh god, my error. Make a joke out of it, and then come back later. Yeah, some people can't make a mistake though. True, but I don't know. You just think people giving. They're giving blood, so you would assume they were a bit more... Maybe not generous is not the right word, but... No, but it could be virtual signalling, which is yeah. a phrase I'm not overly keen on, but it uh, mm-hmm. it's a bit like... What's the other one? I don't... Oh, we'll come on to a few, um, few rants a bit later on. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to our valued and loyal listeners. I yes. had a message from Screaming Tomato all the way from Australia this morning suggesting we should start a collection of lippyisms. Lippyism. Uh, yes, oh, no. I am a born entertainer from the age of three. Was attention. <laughs> uh, I have reassured the screaming tomato that I do have a list of odd things you kids said from a very young age. You do, so, yeah. Yes, that is wedding speech material <laughs> when that occasion ever occurs. Talking about lippyisms, a nice segue into uh, this week's events. The weekend saw uh, oh, no. da- eldest daughter of. Grumpy I'd forgotten about Lippy. this. I hadn't. Uh, oh. Birthday celebrations, which consisted of uh, some games on Zoom and some mm. virtual drinking. And somehow we got onto the subject of Haggis and Burns Night, which of course was a week or so, about a couple of weeks mm. when you're listening to this. Uh, we were discussing a, a night out we'd had with some friends. This particular family tends to eat quite late. So it was it was pushing midnight by the time we got around to the, the main course, which was the haggis. Mm. By which time we've all had a couple of drinks. So this large sword came out to cut the haggis. And a very large quantity of whiskey was poured over the haggis. So I was relaying this story, at which point a certain individual pipes up with, I thought you put iron brew on haggis. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Quite, quite. How you made the leap from whiskey to iron brew is is a bit of a mystery, quite frankly. It's quite, iron brew is quite a Scottish drink, isn't it? Uh, well, allegedly, yeah. But but whiskey more so. And yeah, whiskey put, definitely more so. Why would you put a sweet fizzy drink on top of? Oh, I don't a know. Dish like that? <laughs> I mean, you, you don't put Coca Cola on top of fish and chips. No, definitely or, not. Or in a, I don't believe in any cooking. I'm possibly wrong there. There may be some cooking where it goes into. But I'm I not just aware of any. I feel like I'd seen someone had they did a Burns Night dinner and they like posted it online and they had obviously had Iron Brew with their dinner. But I think my head just are you as you were telling the story. I was like. Oh, they must have put it on the haggis, <laughs> and yeah, I just said it. I just said it. Yeah, yes. I found in the days when I was on radio that you develop this filter in your head, so stuff goes through it before it comes out of your mm. mouth. Oh, it's quite a quite a useful thing to. Uh, I don't think I've developed that filter yet in my life. 
Yeah, it took me a while to do it. Mm. It took a couple of, uh, or a good few sessions on the radio to do that. So anyway, I have a couple of rants, unfortunately. Oh, do you? Yes, God, I do. I, I do like a rant. It's good for the soul. Depends what it, who it is to, but well, it's it's a, good This first soul. one is a group of people. And it's and I'm not sure whether it's the words or the people involved, but the word influencer, I just really makes my heckle stand up. I, I dislike the words and I'm beginning to think I dislike the people as well. Influencer covers a very large group of people. You probably dislike a few of the people that are influencers. But I think the word covers a lot larger group than you probably instantly imagine. I think it's just the fact they seem to do nothing um, and are paid for it. That, that's my feeling. And I might be completely wrong here. Because if you, if you look at people involved in motorsport, for example, mm. then they'll wear overalls with the mm. names of sponsors on there. And you sort of feel, well, is that the same thing? But they are actually... Yeah. Doing something. Although they are being paid by people to do exactly what they enjoy. So that is a bit bizarre as well. So mm. may, maybe it is simply the word. But just before we started this, I was looking in The Guardian and found an article entitled Let the Instagram Influencers Go to Dubai. They're uniting the nation. Which quite frankly made me quite angry. And then the strap line is why so many haters with precious little new comedy on TV? These globe trotting workaholics are performing a public service. When I calm down a little bit, I'm not <laughs> sure whether that was tongue in cheek or not. I'm hoping it is because I don't know if you saw anything else when you looked it up, but there was a big piece on this morning with Holly and Phil talking to someone that is classed as an influencer that was in Dubai and and Holly did lose her a little bit and ended up having quite a big go at this girl saying we're like why can't you be doing these videos from home why do you have to be in Dubai surely being at home is better because then you're influencing people to still do the things they love but at home not from Dubai I do also agree that certain influencers do take the mic massively and think that because they're an influencer, they're famous and they can do what they want because they're famous and people like them and all of that rubbish. Yeah, that is the crux of, of my dislike. Mm. Um, and I, I, I guess it's a, it's a new generation thing. It is, it's, yeah. It's probably no different. The shopping channel was many years mm. ago where effectively you're, you're showing off a product, but you're not... You're not becoming famous on the back of it, I suppose. Yeah. If, if that's... But then you also do have to think of people like um, there was a guy from Love Island called Alex. He is an NHS emergency doctor. So obviously he's been working this whole time and he's an influencer. So he does both. And he's on his social media sharing information about the vaccine and about what you can do to keep your mental health up whilst you're at home and whilst this is all going on so he's the other kind of influencer that you can get someone that actually has a job but does this on the side because they love doing it and they love helping people quite frankly the word influencer should not be anywhere near that gentleman because he's he's sharing his expertise mm. uh, and that is but nothing he, he like is in he is the complete definition of the word. He is influencing people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's the problem, isn't it? It's the, the definition of the word does link to what they do. I think it's mostly the word that annoys me. 
I don't, I don't know why. Anyway, on to the second phrase. And I don't know why this is on our notes, but it is. The phrase calm down. Oh, God, no. That's the worst phrase there's ever been. Has that ever worked in the history of mankind? Oh. Has somebody been said, calm down, and they've calmed down? I mean, to my mind, it's a bit like trying to put out a fire with petrol. Oh, God. <laughs> it's also like the other phrase, cheer up. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Slightly mm. less irritating, but yeah. uh, but yes, in the same vein. And I yeah. found, uh, I mean, we still get them from time to time, the T-shirts and memes with um, calm down and keep drinking tea or something along those lines. It's, it's been mm. equally as irritating. They're keep calm, though. They're not calm down oh that's true actually yeah so keep calm is i feel like better because it's like keep calm and drink tea or keep calm and down a bottle of wine because that's the more likely mental state that you're in if you're needing to keep calm (laughs) but what if you're not calm at the point that you read the message when you're not calm you can't keep calm if you're not calm no but then do you follow the instruction if i read a t-shirt that said drink wine and i was allowed to drink wine every time i read that t-shirt i would probably be calm yeah but that's your forcedness because you are the outcome (laughs) no but i definitely agree the phrase calm down is the worst phrase that has been invented so if anybody from the oxford english dictionary is listening please remove the words influencer and the phrase calm down Mm. yes we expect to see that by 2022 Anyway, so so much was I not going to include anything about cars this this week. There's two something else in yes. I came across on the Goodwood website. They had the best eight sixties concept cars, and there's some absolutely glorious looking cars on there. Mm. And I, I was thinking that we seem to have lost the the concept of the concept car. There's too many concepts in there. But in the sixties, they build these fantastic looking vehicles that you know would never make it to the road for various reasons Mm. and i think that's continued until reasonably recently but it seems to have just disappeared you get the get the odd one but nothing really futuristic just because you fancy having a go at modeling something that uh, looks quite funky i've never really seen anything like that to be honest no, it's interesting. If you go to the British Motor Museum at Gaydon, which is connected with, obviously, British Leyland Rover, uh, Jaguar Land Rover have a massive amounts in there, and they, they support that too, financially quite significantly. And there's some very interesting cars from the 70s. There's a TR7, which was a sports car, which was turned into a what we would call a shooting brake. So it's essentially an estate car. Mm. You are glazing over. I I, I went then. (laughs) Do you know what? I fully went. When I went, "Mm," I was like, I haven't listened to the last five words he said. (laughs) I I get this a lot in this house when I start talking about cars or computers or something. I apologise, carry on. No, no, that's absolutely fine. Fortunately, the listeners can't see that. Uh, Where was I? Oh, yes, so the TR7 shooting brake. So we produced loads of cars in the the 70s that never made it anywhere near production for Mm. whatever reason. And it's good to be able to go and see them. But the 60s were particularly glorious. So I would include that link for those that don't glaze over at the mention. I would like to look at them. (laughs) (laughs) We saw a film... Uh, over the weekend called Irresistible with Steve Carell and 
uh, Rosie Bryan in it, various other people. And I thought it was one of the best films I've seen in a very long time. I watched the advert and it looked very funny, but also actually very interesting. Yes, it was. It mm. um, you, you felt like it was a little bit of a vanity project and it was somebody's opinion about the way that elections, um, and this is a mayor's election, takes place in America. I'm not going to give too much of the plot away because it, it is an absolute corker. And it had a little bit of feel of Local Hero, which is one of my all-time favourite films yeah. as well. It's where you get the city guy goes to a village or a mm. small country town. Does some sort of pro bono lawyer type. Well, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't in, in Local Hero, but he gets completely enamoured by the whole village rather than, mm. than the city, which he's more used to. Anyway, I highly recommend it. Interestingly, it had a fairly poor review on Rotten Tomatoes and mm. one or two other sites. Uh, but Mark Commode, I think that's how you pronounce his name, who's a presenter on Scala Radio, and massive film buff, uh, was of the same opinion as me, that it was actually was, was quite a gem. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, well, worth watching. It's only about an hour and a half, so it's it's not. Oh, we like a good short film. Uh, I, yeah, like a good short film. So, so I highly recommended that one. And in Private Eye uh, last week, they had a list of spoof films over the lockdown. Uh, the last one on there was Die Hard ninety four. Now, Private Eye are obsessed with the number ninety four for some reason. Uh, everything's on page 94, though that doesn't exist. So Die Hard 94. Bruce Willis faces his toughest challenge yet to get out of the pharmacy without being captured on CCTV behaving like a COVID-idiot. <laughs> For once wearing a shirt and shoes, but not a mask, the normally topless John McClane has to save his career from possible oblivion as he crawls past the dental hygiene aisle and tries to dodge the glare of the security guard. Don't miss the moment when Willis stuns the helpful young pharmacist with the words yippee-ki-yay, and a word we're not going to repeat, when, he, when she asks him politely if there's any medical reason he can't wear a face covering. I just That tickled me. Uh, and the I rating was not perhaps as exciting as the one with Alan Rickman. Quite well said. <laughs> Very well said. Anyway, I've rambled on quite a lot. So what have you had for the week then, Lippy? Oh, do you know what? My week has been an absolute palaver. One palaver after the other palaver. So I was very fortunate to be given the opportunity to have my vaccine for COVID uh, last Thursday. So I've been vaccinated. Very good. I've got to get my second one in April. Um, FYI for anybody that is getting vaccinated or is about to be vaccinated. Your arm will hurt like nothing I've ever felt the day after. And then the day after that, it's gone back to normal. But that is normal. But honestly, I thought I was going to have to have my arm chopped off. It was so sore and like throbby all day. That's just a little side note. Yes, I don't think that's un uncommon for vaccinations. We had some before you were born when uh, Wife of Grumpy and I went to Kenya, I think it was. It was Kenya or Mombasa. And because mm -hmm. it was a last minute uh, break we had to go and have all the vaccinations all done in, them, one all go. in one go and unfortunately i uh, the week before we were going i was working up in stockport and i had to deliver a whole load of, of computers up there so we went and had this on the i think it was on the sunday and then i got mm. up on the monday to drive and i couldn't <laughs> move my left arm it just it, it 
just was so stiff and painful and it, it went after a couple of days but uh, mm-hmm. yeah it is a, it is not uncommon no i haven't had one that bad since i had my yellow fever vaccination which was a live one which actually was yes. i was quite ill yeah. from that but this isn't a live obviously um it's a dead vaccine if that's a thing i don't think that's what they call it but we're gonna call it that let's, let's not <laughs> offer any medical advice because neither of us is qualified Yes. But anyway, so I, alongside get my vaccine, I um, give blood quite a lot. Well, I try to. I haven't in the last year because everything going on just slipped my mind, really. But I do try to give blood um, the four times a year that you're allowed to. So I had my um, giving blood booked in for today. And when I went to have my vaccine, I thought, I'll double check. It's all okay with the doc, like with the doctor that I've just had my vaccine and I'm going to give blood on the Tuesday. So went in, sat down, said, oh, I'm giving blood on Tuesday. Is that going to be okay? And he was like, yep, that's absolutely fine. He was like, actually, that's great because your blood will have the antibodies in it. So anyone we give your blood to will then have coronavirus antibodies. And I was like, amazing. I'm just doing great at the moment, aren't I? Anyway, got there today, gave my name, signed in, was filling out my form, drinking a new, They you normally have to drink a pint of water before you give blood to help thin your blood a bit, to help it come out. They've changed it now and it's like an isotonic-y salt drink, which is just Ew. absolutely disgusting. But yeah. you, have, you have to do it and you have to drink a pint. So I sat there drinking this drink. As I'm almost finished, I was looking over, it's a bit of commotion at the registration table with the lady that got the wrong time spotted a sign that said if you've had the covid vaccine you cannot give blood for seven days oh no No. (laughs) and i was like oh my god so i got up and i just went over and i was like oh i'm really sorry can i just ask a quick question um is it definitely seven days and she was like yeah i was like oh i got the vaccine on thursday and she was like oh i'm really sorry but you we we can't let you give blood i was like that's fine i was like don't worry about it she like crossed me off as um vaccine can't give or whatever they do the code as and like had to re-sanitize all my stuff and put all my stuff back and left so i was there for approximately 10 minutes drank an absolutely vile drink and then left and now i'm rebooked for next friday (laughs) did you get a cup of tea and a biscuit afterwards no and that is the only reason i give blood it's for the biscuit. <laughs> well, you didn't give blood, so that's exactly. fair swap, well, really. But you would think to get the thing, taste of the drink out. Mm, the other thing I do when I'm on the day that I'm meant to be giving blood, I I normally have a lot more um, sugary things. Just like I had today, I had some popcorn and I had a little brownie thing just to keep my blood sugar high. Because when you give blood, they obviously have to sit you down and wait to make sure you don't faint or that... that make sure your where the needle is is clotted well so that you're not bleeding out because if you don't have enough blood in your sugar in your blood you pass out so i always eat like a little bit of extra sugar and i'm like use it as an excuse so it turns out now i'm just fat <laughs> does that mean though that your pint of blood that you give is basically liquid glucose no it's not that much sugar it's just enough to stop me from fainting so i have a little brownie thing and i had some popcorn today yes you say that but i can just i can just imagine they're giving it to some person who's feeling quite ill and then all of a sudden they're leaping around the hospital because they've just had <laughs> two and a half kilos of sugar injected imagine. into them i'm not sure that's that's the best approach again neither are some medical people no but they 
they give you sugar afterwards. It stops you from fainting. Yeah, but they've taken, and... the, yeah, but they've taken the blood at that point. They, you're not in, they're injecting the recipient with... I feel like they would probably check if it was going to be an issue. They would be like, how much sugar have you had? Or that, they would test your yeah. blood beforehand if like eating a lot of sugar yeah. was going to be an issue. Because I'm sure there are people that give blood that eat a lot more than I do. Anyway, so I'm booked in for... Good. Next week, and I got to eat a brownie and a packet of popcorn for nothing, well, which is fine with me. <laughs> yeah, we did get a nasty tasting drink, so... Uh... I did. But then, that wasn't the only palaver that I've had this week. We uh, sat at home on Sunday afternoon, just preparing for sister's birthday Zoom meeting, and oh, my partner gets up... Yeah, this was Saturday. Yep, so my partner gets up to check on the washing that I'd put in about an hour and a half beforehand normally doesn't take that long because we could we could hear it like pumping we're like something's not right so we went and looked and all i hear is i think you need to come and come in here we've got a bit of a problem i walk in got a swimming pool in my kitchen nice (laughs) and something's wrong and it's just trying to pump in water and pump water out at the same time but the water's obviously not pumping out so it's just pumping in and then just flooding out of every area it can get out of and then there's just a manic hour of us, neither of us knowing how to turn the water off, trying to turn the water off, unplug it all, and then mopping it all up. And got a new washing machine on the way now. Oh, have the, you? Uh, it has died, has it? Yeah. So the filter was absolutely fine because that's the first thing we checked. Mm. And the pipe was fine because we managed to run water through it. And then we spoke to his friend who's a plumber electrician. And he suggested that it was the motor. If the filter was clear and the pipe was clear, then it's the motor, which you can get fixed. But once we eventually move, we'll be renting this place out anyway. So we just got a new one. Well, the problem is you get somebody out, which costs you 100 quid before he's turned up. Mm. And has a look at it and goes, well, can't really repair that. So you've you've spent £100 and got nowhere. Or you've got to spend another 100 quid to have the board fitted. And you're quite a long way into a new machine, as much as I don't like yeah. throwing away things like that. Um, mm. But I'd much rather repair them. Um, it's, it's a very difficult decision, to be honest. Yeah, and he's had it a good 10-ish years. Oh, well, that's not bad. That's, that's really not bad for... Yeah, yeah, it's an old, old washing machine, yeah. which is probably why the motor's broken. <laughs> Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, they, they don't last as long as they uh, they used to. I mean, we the last one we had, we spent an eye-wateringly high amount of money on it, and it's been touch wood as reliable as anything. There seems to be a get. You know, you spend sort of three, four hundred pounds, you'll get one that lasts five, six years. Mm. And they're all in the sale at the moment as well, which is yeah, good. Of course. Yeah. So ours was only just over two hundred. So yeah. So do you know where your stopcock is now? Yes, it's very stiff though. I, it's very old, so it's it's just like a little tap, basically. Yeah. It's really hard, but we do also have the smaller ones that obviously yeah. go to the sink and go to the thing. So at least now we know we just pull it out and twist that, and that will mm. cut it off from that one pipe a lot quicker. <laughs> a top tip I had from a plumber many years ago is with the stopcock, is not to fully turn it on because okay. it, they tend to get stuck. So if you just, mm. I mean, it's only a fraction of of a turn back so open it all the way and then just turn it back a little bit yeah they tend not to get 
quite so stark. But they're always hidden away at the back of somewhere, and ours is at the back of the waste bin, so you're going to pull half the unit out to get to it, which is... Ours is under the sink, which has a corner cupboard in it, so you have to... It's two shelves, you've got to lean across the shelves and pull everything out. But to be honest, it wasn't too flooded until... Um, my partner decided it'd be a really good idea to just open the washing door, like the door for the washing machine that was obviously full of water that just came sloshing out. And I was like, I'm the one mopping. (laughs) And that was without a bowl or a bucket in place, presumably. Obviously, to start with. And then I said, shut the door, get a bucket, put a bucket under it. (laughs) Yeah, that's panic. I I recognise the symptoms where you're not thinking rationally, you're panicking because there's water everywhere. So you just end up making it 10 times worse. Yeah, uh, I I don't know what that is. Yes. I do have to say, though, I was rather impressed with us because high stress situation, water coming out of everywhere, not knowing how to turn it off. We both stayed pretty calm, like nobody shouted. That's very good. I I find in those situations, it's better if somebody, one person takes charge. Mm, Yes, if nobody (laughs) takes charge, that's fairly poor. If both people try and take charge, it's an absolute nightmare. Mm. I took charge of getting rid of the water and I told Chris to try and turn the water off and use the towels as a barrier to stop the water yeah. then getting into the living room to get all the towels down. And I think it was probably myself that was in charge. I, to be honest, I walked in, I was like, call a plumber. <laughs> the first thing I said, I was like, just call a plumber. I just looked at it and was like, oh, I just don't want to do that. But after we started, and I actually have a very good mop, I've realised. It's good. like one of those... It's like a sponge on the bottom. It's mm. not a, a swirly mop. And you, I was just soaking it up. And then it's the one that's got a handle on it. Yeah. So it squeezes itself. Great. Yeah, they are very good. If you need to get a swimming pool out of your kitchen, it's perfect. <laughs> so my week was an absolute palaver. Yeah, so we did have a bit of a plumbing issue on Sunday where the toilet failed to uh, fill up properly. And oh. it's it's been very slow for quite a long while, and I've looked at it and gone, oh, I'm not really sure what to do here. And it, it's slightly odd because it has got something you can turn it off, and I think that's the root of the problem. But I just don't want to. Mm. I just don't want to fiddle with it. Don't fiddle. And I was trying to get the top of the where the water goes into the cistern off, which, according to the instructions on the internet, you could do turn quarter turn and it would come off, and the whole thing's moving. I think oh, it's just going to be a horrible snapping noise, and there's going to be a new shower in a different location. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to end up having a flood rather than a toilet that doesn't fill up properly. Exactly. So I had to poke around with a paperclip and release some gunge around the the outlet so it does fill back up again but it is quite slow mm. but, uh, i think it's just a bit of silt in there i think we'll leave that from the for the plumber to sort out one day yeah, yeah. so we were going to discuss do cars fit in garages anymore and i i realized looking at it we probably should extend it to does anybody put a car in a garage anymore even if it does yes. fit? because it is a bit of a double double whammy now my mm. my dad um he had a variety of cars he had a couple of morris travelers and then he moved up to a ford escort estate and then a, a hillman avenger estate and never has a car been so excitingly named and so disappointing unless you had the avenger <laughs> tiger and he put the car away religiously until i started buying cars and then tried to fix them in the garage which i said oh no i'll only be in there a week and then six months later it finally emerges and the garage is quite small you could get the car in there but you couldn't really get the door open 
so he would push and pull it out when he used it and I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about not starting cars to move them a short distance when they're cold, uh, which yeah. is something I fully agree with because it just does all sorts of things. And in fact, our Volvo estate we've had for donkey's years, that really does get the hump if you do that, particularly in the cold weather. It, it'll just go, no, I'm not starting now. <laughs> no, I'm nope. Not starting. And, it, and on occasions we have had to get the garage out to get it started because it's just it's just gone. No, I'm not doing it. No, you moved me. You moved me two foot just now. I'm not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I guess the garage we had with this house, uh, there was an extension put on top of it, and they decided to put a second line of bricks, and they put it on the inside of the garage. So there's no way you get a car in there anyway, despite the fact mm. it's full of various stuff, including washing <laughs> machines. And, computer servers and things like that so it, it's never going to fit in there but you must have looked at a fair few garages with the house hunting we have yes actually weirdly not that weirdly to be honest a garage is something that is on our wish list for a new house is to have a, a garage but not to keep a car in at all we want a garage for easy access storage or yeah. if it's attached to the house then like you do we can put a washing machine and stuff in there instead of having to extend and have a utility or have an air or have it in the kitchen but the most of the garages we've seen as well nobody has their cars in them they are easy access storage or just full of absolute rubbish one of them we weren't even allowed to look in we had to just look through the window because it was it was full what they had obviously done is prepared their house to have viewings and just thrown everything else in the garage to get rid of it all yeah we did that the first house we had in the village that we sold uh we did exactly the same through it all in the shed Mm. uh because it was quite a small house and with two small children it was taken up with very colorful plastic items yeah uh, that all went in the shed and then came back out again afterwards so i'm I'm not surprised Mm. yeah so the that one we were it was a show home day so obviously they were having loads and loads of people in so they were like let's just get it out of the house and get it in the garage and then and then we'll bring it back in after so yeah it's definitely i don't think garages are used for cars these days i don't think so but i was just thinking there's a picture i've seen recently and i can't it's going to be cars again i can't remember whether it was a mini or a golf but they were showing it over 30 years and this increase in size Mm. and it is dramatic i mean when you look at the mini clubman now that is as long as my volvo estate which is crazy it's a mini it's it's crazy actually yeah and you think about that in terms of a garage you wouldn't necessarily expect in a single garage to put uh, an estate car in there no my dad did but they were a bit smaller uh so you're never going to get a a clubman in there and that's not an uncommon car at all no we did look at one house uh about 15 20 years ago and that had a garage and they had a ford sierra in there but it was such a close fit that the door that went into the in fact it went into the hallway was at a bit of an angle so it cut the end the corner off the garage they had to have the door open when the car was in there because the bumper stuck out into the the hall which was which was slightly odd. That's it, was quite a, funny. it was it was a lovely house as well it had a mm. really nice patio and uh seating area at the back it was really nice um and they didn't really want to sell it and they managed to hang on to it which was really good mm. really good so i was quite pleased about that and of course sometimes the garages get turned into other rooms the house opposite us which changed hands from 
the people that had owned it since new uh, they religiously put their car away in the garage, and it was they quite did, a long garage. They? Yeah, it was a long garage as well. Mm. So it was sort of one. It was and the, half the length of the house, I think, the garage. Pretty much, yeah. So it was it was oversized. And when the new people moved in, who were very nice, they converted it into another bedroom. Mm, a lot of people do. We we live on uh, an older estate, so all of the houses are quite similar in how they yeah. look. Because obviously, like new builds now, they mm. they change them slightly, but the majority of them the same. And there's only about three or four, maybe, that actually still have the garage. And someone else just around the corner from us has just turned the garage into a another room. They've put a window in and it's now an inside room. But I just think people don't feel the need for gar- like garages to keep your car in if you've got the storage space in the house. Well, also, they don't deteriorate like they used to cars in the, in the weather. Um, and they'll start, you know, you leave a car from the... 60s or 70s house all winter and it's going to struggle to mm. be honest and it's probably completely rusted away by the time it's uh, 10 years old but that, i mean yeah. it's just not the case at all now interestingly a friend of ours who's uh, also in the village who's bought a relatively recently built house they bought it from new i've had it from new so they've got a a two and a half car garage that was built so oh. now he's got a triumph tess and a 1930s Austin 8, I think it is. So he can get those two in the garage, plus his wife's mini Clubman. That's Clubman. impressive. It's quite impressive. It says it's a bit of jiggling around because there's a post in the middle. So there's mm. the two oversized doors. But if you get one of those things where you, you put the car in casters, you can actually move them around. So over the winter, they get the, the three cars in there, which is quite nice. Yeah. That, that would be handy. ideal. Yeah, it would be handy. It'd be probably more accessible with a massive up and over door or golden mm. well that's the other thing isn't it if you put your car in a garage and you use your car every day you've got to get it in and out of the garage every day yes which absolutely. in my head yeah. doesn't seem easy i guess your garage would be prepared for the car yeah again there was some other friends of ours who had a house on the old defra site in guildford and that the garage was very much part of the whole estate um, because they, there was limited parking. So they expected you to park in the garage. And it was a big garage. You could easily drive the car as long as you didn't fill mm. out with stuff. So you get the two cars in there with enough room. So you walk out of the kitchen, into the door, press the button to open the garage door, get in the car, drive off. So, yeah, it's great. Mm. And no de-icing, which is an absolute godsend at this time mm. of year. Imagine not that anybody's driving anywhere, but... So. No, not at the moment. Well, new builds these days as well, they don't seem very logical. Like the garage has a car space in front of it. And then when they advertise it, they advertise it as two car parking. But one of the cars has to be in the garage and then the other one blocks the garage door. So you're constantly, my friends that have one like that were constantly rotating. But thankfully they had made friends with the builders because they were still doing a few of the houses um, and clearing their rubbish, which was right next to their house, they managed to get some sneaky extra tarmac, and they've made another space just oh, off their, good. off the side of their fence. So they now have two parking spaces and then the garage space as well. You can imagine the irritation on a frosty morning when you get up, your car's in the garage, but you've got to de-ice another car and move it so you can get yours mm. out. That is just, that's yeah. crazy, really. So I wonder what the future brings for garages. We, To be honest, I keep saying I, I'd rather have a good quality shed in the garden mm. 
than have the garage necessarily. I'd rather have, if the garage is attached to the house, I'd rather have that as extra space in the house than turn it into a utility type space rather than have it as a garage. Don't need a garage. Have a nice window in there. Yeah. Cracking sheds, you know, log cabin type sheds. Mm, Good quality, solid ones. A friend of mine sent me a message earlier. He's got a shed at the end of his garden that overlooks fields. Uh, He's just taken delivery of a beer pump. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think that keeps it as a shed, though, does it? That turns it into a mini pub. Well, I don't. I think or a man's is, cave. I think it's a man cave. He did describe it as a man cave. So hmm. uh, as, as soon as we can meet up again, I think we'll be spending an evening overlooking the fields and chomping on twiglets and scampy fries. Scampy fries, yes. Twiglets, no. One last story about garages. My aunt and uncle had a house just outside of Winchester, which was... Hmm. A good sized house on, a, on quite a large plot, but it had a separate standalone garage with a little workshop space at the back. It was it was really Cute. quite good, yeah. and it had a pit in it, so there was balls across the hole, which I don't think they ever used. And one Christmas, my cousin had a hamster as a present, which, mm-hmm. as they all seem to do, it got out, escaped, and oh, after no. much searching, we found it had actually fallen down the pit, and it was perfectly oh, no. okay. It was, it was a bit miffed. Put it that yeah, way. I bet. Uh, but it was it was all in one piece and nothing broken. But quite how it had made the journey from a third story bedroom all the way downstairs outside into the to garage, the garage, and then fallen down a tiny. I mean, there was virtually no gap between these boards. You'd, you'd be very unlucky to drop something That's down. Hilarious. There. Absolutely yeah. hilarious. How they managed to find it, I don't know. You wouldn't think to look there, would you? No, I think it was making a little bit of a noise and somebody must have heard oh, it. Oh, okay. That, that's the only Because you would have thought, if it's got out of the house, it's gone. Oh, it's, like, yeah. yeah. It's, not, it's not hanging around, is it, if it's out of the house? You wouldn't expect it to go from the house to the garage, from one no. building to another, necessarily. But, uh, yeah, I think it escaped a few times. I think they, it, was mm. just, it was just escaping. Ninja hamster. Ninja hamster, obviously not happy in a cage, and I, I don't blame it. So have you got a top tip for this week? I do. Yeah, is it one that you've thought up, or is it one you found on the internet? It's one from the internet, but I do agree with it. Okay. Like 90%. Yeah, but you, you fought the sellotape or the fork quite hard. <laughs> I'm never wrong, you see, so I can, <laughs> I can argue <laughs> anything to be right. <laughs> yeah, very true. Okay, off you go. Okay, so this top tip is for when we start coming out of lockdown again and things start to go back to the new normal, everyone, you know. Okay, so to keep the seat next to you empty on the train, smile intensely and widen your eyes at every passenger that walks towards you. I think we need a photo or a small video of how to do that. I can I can produce one of those. Yes, I think we should need to do yes. that because that's quite hard to envisage. Mm. See, but I do need to explain why I only agree with it 90%. Because that 10%, you'll do that to someone and they'll be a weirdo and they will come and sit next to you because you've done that to them. <laughs> and then you've got to sit next to a very strange person the rest of the train journey. To be honest, it's going to happen anyway. True. Whether you True. do some odd facial expressions or not. Mm. And actually, I've made some great friends on train journeys. She offered me a McDonald's chip. It was great. We had a very lovely chat on the way home from London. Very good. And she shared food. That's impressive. 
I know. I did have the thing. I ate it and I was like, that could have been poisoned. But it then she was been. eating it, so. Yeah, it's unlikely to be poisoned in that yeah. case. Well, that's an interesting tip. I have heard similar, but which involves a plastic uh, dog poo that oh. you place on the seat. Yes, which is a bit, uh, bit... Then everyone's going to be like, why are you sitting next to a dog poo? Well, I'm not touching it. <laughs> why would you... I wouldn't sit next to it, though, would you? There's no other seats. True. Well, I have a fact for the week. Oh, go on then. It's about the Olympic Games. Oh. The Olympic Games flags' colours are red, black, blue, green and yellow on a white background, as we all know. Yes. And this is because at least one of those colours appears on the flag of every nation on the planet. That is a fun fact. That is a fun fact, isn't it? I did not know that. And I like it. I like it too, because I like Mm. a flag. Yeah, that's interesting. Who knew, eh? Who knew? Well, the Olympic organisation presumably did because they chose them. Yeah. So somebody worked it out. Talking of flags, I had the Surrey flag as a Christmas present this year. Oh. Which I was very pleased with. But it yes. is a bit of a dull flag. It's the, probably the most disgusting flag I've ever seen. It's certainly not the most disgusting, but it is quite dull. So it's, it's, it's blue and yellow, quite small squares and lots of them. Checks. Checks checked, and you look at others, and they're they're fantastic. And why is ours so dull? And in fact, the previous Surrey flag is a lot more exciting. Why? I just don't understand. Can't we have like an animal? Or well, actually, it's not my flag anymore. So no, that's very true. Will it I be if you flag looks like with your new houses? Um, half of them, yes. Oh no, all of them. Oh, so you'll be back into the blue and yellow chicken flag. I believe area. we will. Ooh, my flag at the moment is very colourful. I think it's quite, quite cool if I remember correctly. Yeah, so it's a yellow background, grass on the bottom, Ooh. a tree with a branch sticking Ooh. out, so like an upside down L, with a deer underneath it, or well, a stag actually. Well, it is Royal Berkshire. Yeah. So you would so you would expect it to be fairly grand. I like it. That's it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can help spread Lippy and Grumpy's view on life by leaving a review on your favourite podcast platform. If you're not sure how to leave a review, or if you download from Spotify, there's some help at lippyandgrumpy.uk/review. And if you would like to get in touch email podcast at lippyandgrumpy.uk So it's goodbye from me and goodbye from him Goodbye